It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. The Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. The week's most interesting interviews with senators, commentators, and newsmakers. Giving you a replay just in case you missed it. The Guy Benson Show. on the Guy Benson Show. Thank you for tuning in today and every day, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern, GuyBensonShow.com, at Guy Benson Show on both Twitter and Instagram if you want to follow our accounts. We are joined now by Kimberly Strassel, Potomac Watch columnist at the Wall Street Journal and their editorial page. You can also check out her latest book, Resistance at All Costs. She's a Fox News contributor. Kim, great to have you back. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Guy. Great to be here. I referenced your column from last week a few different times on the show involving the updates in this Durham investigation into the Russia investigation, its origins, the way that it was carried out by the Justice Department and everyone involved. I think there's obviously a media angle here as well. We've talked to a number of people who are up to speed on this case and have really followed it quite closely, including Molly Hemingway and Andy McCarthy. I would put you right there with anyone in terms of your expertise on the Russia investigation and now these Durham revelations that I think it's just two indictments so far, but these indictments tell quite a story. If there are one or two really important takeaways that our listeners need to know about what is happening and what we're learning. From your perspective, what would those takeaways be? Sure. I think the number one takeaway is that for the past however many years, we've all been referring to this dossier as the Christopher Steele dossier, uh, named obviously after this former British intelligence officer who wrote it and which was pitched to the United States as an intelligence product. It's more correct to say now, given the Durham indictments, that this was a Clinton dossier um, because we now know we've known for some time that it was, in fact, commissioned by the Clinton campaign. But what we found from the Durham indictment is that it turns out that at least some of the information that went into it actually came from someone within the Clinton orbit, a man named Charles Dolan, who was a longtime Clinton crony, as it were, a a longtime activist in democratic politics. Uh, So the campaign's fingerprints are all over this from beginning to end, from the information that went into it to the fact that it was commissioned to the fact that it made it out to the press and was pushed that way. There's still things to discover there. So that would be one thing. The other thing, which is just very, very striking, is that for years now we were told that uh, the dossier explained how it was that the Russians were helping Trump in this campaign. Um, uh, Even though the dossier has been discredited, that's been the storyline. If you look at this indictment, what's really striking is the degree to which it looked like Russians were assisting Mrs. Clinton, at least within her endeavor to get this dossier as part of the storyline. So there could have been Russian disinformation in the dossier itself that was contributed to by Clinton World and paid for by Clinton World, perhaps with an assist from Russians peddling disinformation to harm Donald Trump and his campaign. And I just want to add, we know that the Russians in other ways were absolutely rooting for Trump or were trying to help Trump or hurt the Clintons. 
but it seems increasingly likely that they were, to some extent, playing both sides here. Right. And, you know, it's quite extraordinary. The indictment goes out of its way to point out its concern about who all Danchenko, Igor Danchenko, the primary source for Christopher Steele in this dossier, how many people... Who was just indicted, right? Danchenko was indicted, and today he pleaded not guilty. Sorry, go ahead. Correct. Yep, no, and... But the indictment expresses alarm at how many people Danchenko told he was working on this project. People from all over corners of the globe, including other Russians... Um, so that's something that, by the way, Durham goes out of his way to point out here and leaves you to understand that the concern is that the more people who knew he was working on this project, the more opportunity for people to, or for instance, Russians to peddle information for him that would serve, as you say, disinformation. Also, Dolan, this person who worked in Clinton world, uh, we don't know much about him. He, And by the way, I should just, in fairness to him, say his attorney has said that They're not commenting on ongoing investigations, so we haven't heard his side of the story yet. But he was all enmeshed in Russia world. He uh, helped the Russian government for a while do global PR. Uh, In the year in which this um, dossier was put together, he was traveling to Russia. Let's just linger there for a second, Kimberly. So you've got this guy who'd worked with the Clintons, Bill Clinton on his campaign as the Democratic Governors Association. He was attached and involved with, on some basis, the Hillary Clinton campaign. This is a longtime Democrat guy who is also – being paid by the Kremlin to do PR for them around the world, he is one of the people feeding information, unsubstantiated and or discredited information, to Danchenko, who then gives it to Steele, who puts it in his dossier that's paid for by the Clinton campaign and the DNC, a fact that was not known for quite some time and in fact was apparently concealed even from FISA judges at certain points. We learned that from the uh, inspector general I believe it was last year or late 2019, so much of this stinks to high heaven. It reeks, Kim. Right, right. And then then add this. This is also one of my favorite parts of the dossier guy, is that they obtained an email uh, that uh, Dolan sent to uh, someone in a a colleague, a U.K., a U.S.-based acquaintance in uh, around June 2016, and he's describing Danchenko to him. And he says, quote, he is too young for KGB, but I think he worked for FSB since he told me he spent two years in Iran. And when I first met him, he knew more about me than I did, end quote. So here's a guy, by the way, working in Clinton orbit, who is talking with and giving information to a guy that he suspects might have been Russian intelligence. And, you know, this also raises a lot of questions, too, about Danchenko. Like, we do know he spent a stint working at the Brookings Institute, but nobody knows a great deal about what he did, you know, in his earlier life. There was also a piece of this puzzle as well where allegedly some of this intel or whatever about Donald Trump that made its way into this dossier. And the reason that it's important to focus on the dossier is it was central and essential to the entire investigation, including FISA warrants to spy on Americans connected to the Trump campaign. Like you cannot just separate out the Steele dossier from this broader story, because as the inspector general said, the DOJ, it was both central and essential, as I mentioned there. But some of this information 
that made it into the dossier was attributed to some Republican source or Republican friend. And then it turns out that that conversation or that friend was, you know, an imaginary friend. That conversation never happened. And that information slash quote unquote intelligence was simply made up. What was that about? Right. So uh, at one point, Danchenko reaches out to Dolan and says, can you give me basically I'm paraphrasing, but he basically says, can you give me any rumor or innuendo or gossip at all about Paul Manafort, who had only recently been fired as a Trump campaign manager? And uh, Dolan says, yeah, you know, let me go talk to some friends. And then he sends an email back that says, yeah, I had a conversation with a a good GOP buddy, and, and here's what I found, and sends it back to Danchenko. And Danchenko puts this almost verbatim into his report, although he uh, sort of blows up the information or exaggerates the information and suggests that it, it, it came from someone who was very close from Trump. And later, Dolan admits to the FBI that he never had a lunch with anybody. He never had that conversation. All he'd done is read a media report Good. and send it on to Dan Jacob. So literally we have like this game of telephone that right. then gets presented to the FBI. And by the way, that's another aspect of the story here, Guy, is the FBI's role in this. Because one thing that's a little frustrating, and I, I get why Durham is doing it, he's, he's because he's going after people who lied to the FBI, sources, He's sort of portraying the FBI as the duped party here. But as even Inspector General Michael Horowitz said, this was either extraordinary incompetence or bias, that they just didn't bother to deal with any of this for as long as they did. Yeah. And I think it might sound to maybe a casual observer that it's odd that we're talking so much about this on this show, except... This broader issue and this controversy and the allegations of collusion, Manchurian candidate, you know, what does the Kremlin have on him and compromise and all this stuff? It hung over the entire Trump presidency, almost the entire Trump presidency. It hung over like a dark cloud, our politics for years. And there were media outlets, and I'll get into the media angle with uh, Joe Concha later, I think. But there were media outlets that were on this every single day for hour after hour after hour. And now that it's sort of falling apart at the seams, I think it's important to draw attention to that because the other the other side of the ledger was built up so big. And for that to have turned out much of it to be totally unsubstantiated or proven false with perhaps you know real corruption involved, that deserves as much scrutiny as the initial allegations themselves did. At least I think for the purposes of fairness and journalistic ethics, it ought to. Which brings us to a soundbite that I want to play for you, Kimberly. This was from yesterday on The View. So just a disclosure, she's a personal friend. Morgan Ortegas, also the spokeswoman for Secretary Pompeo in the State Department uh, in the latter part of the Trump administration. She was sort of the right-leaning co-host on The View yesterday. Adam Schiff was a guest in studio on set with the ladies. He's, of course, the House Intelligence Committee chairman. And he was confronted by Ortegas about the dossier. This is a bit of a long clip. It's about a minute long. Here's the exchange, Kimberly. I want you to listen, and then I'll get your reaction. Cut five. 
you defended, promoted, you even read into the congressional record the Steele dossier. Um, and we know last week the main source of the dossier was indicted by the FBI for lying about most of the key claims in that dossier. First of all, whoever lied to the FBI or lied to Christopher Steele should be prosecuted. But you the made president also spread Russian disinformation get... yourself for years by promoting this. I think that's what Republicans and what people who entrusted you as the Intel Committee Chair are so confused about your culpability in all of this. Well, I completely disagree with your premise. Uh, it's one thing to say allegations should be investigated, and they were. Mm -hmm. It's another to say that we should have foreseen in advance that some people were lying to Christopher Steele. But let's not use that as a smokescreen to somehow shield Donald Trump's culpability for inviting Russia to help him in the election, which they did, for trying to coerce Ukraine into helping him in the next election. None of that is undercut. None of that serious misconduct is in any way diminished by the fact that people lied to Christopher Steele. No, I think just your credibility is. So she kind of got that final, I think, deserved shot in it at the very end. What do you make, Kimberly Strassel, of the question from Ortegas and then the way that Schiff decided to respond to it? Well, first of all, good on her, by the way. This is, to my mind, one of the first times Adam Schiff has ever been called out on his yeah, irresponsible, somewhat almost reprehensible behavior of recent years. Um, he didn't answer her question because she was right and he doesn't have an answer. But he did manage to stick in a few more falsehoods into that statement. He said, oh, well, you know, I, I called for the allegations to be investigated. That is a complete misremembering of history. When the dossier came out, Adam Schiff read it from the floor into the congressional record as if it were fact. And for two years, as Republicans worked their tails off to try to get to the bottom of this, he did nothing but obstruct that investigation. Uh, you know, during depositions and hearings, he flacked for steel and for the dossier authors and fanned the flames of this. He had no interest in getting to the bottom of who was behind it. And by the way, that's what that congressional investigation was supposed to be about. So if he'd have been working side by side with Devin Nunes, maybe we'd have been hearing this story years earlier. But hit up against the Democratic wall of obstruction of this, it made it much harder for anybody to get the information that we're now getting from Durham. Yeah, and, and also it's like a, who could have ever envisioned that perhaps someone had lied to Christopher Steele? People were alleging that immediately, saying that a lot of this smells like absolute BS. Where are you getting this? There were almost instantly certain facts asserted in the dossier that were plainly disproven instantly. So there were people from the get-go making that point that was ignored by Schiff, who took this seriously, and a lot of the media did as well, and they were treating it as fact or close to fact. And there was one part, Kim, in that answer where, and we, we snipped it a little bit just for time because it was a pretty long exchange overall. It was more than two minutes. But he was going down the list. Well, we can't allow the dossier falling apart to be a smokescreen to distract us from these other things. For example, Trump invited Russia. Uh, you know, to hack into the DNC. You know, he said that in this, I think, very inappropriate campaign statement that he said publicly. Uh, so he brings that up. He brings up the Ukraine matter and, you know, some of the quid pro quo and that pressuring that led to the first impeachment. I thought that was an abuse of power from President Trump. I didn't think it was impeachable. I thought it was worthy of something like a censure. It was bad, it has nothing to do with the Steele dossier. He also brought up, and we cut this, but he brought up January 6th, which I also think was extremely bad and a national embarrassment for which President Trump has a significant deal of culpability. 
we don't have to pretend that none of those things exist. And you can agree or disagree with any of my characterizations there, Kim. Those things do not have a bearing on whether or not the Steele dossier, the central basis in many ways for this Russia investigation, was blown out of proportion and treated as gospel by a lot of people, including Adam Schiff and much of the media, to color our politics, undermine a campaign and a president for years. That is still a massive scandalous story, independent of what you think of President Trump on some of these other points that I just ticked through. I'll give you the last word, Kimberly. I couldn't agree more with you. This is a question of can the American public walk and chew gum at the same time? Yes. Are they capable of looking at the Trump administration and making their judgments about all of those episodes that Schiff put forward? Sure. Are they also capable of understanding that the Clinton campaign and Democrats may have executed one of the biggest dirty political tricks in modern time? Yeah, they can get that, too. Um, And so that's why it was a non-answer. You know, Schiff deserves to give up. He, he, he's obliged. He ought to give a big apology to the nation for the last <laughs> yeah, behavior the last few years. I don't see that happening. But, you know, we can go to bed wishful every night. Kim Strassel, columnist at The Wall Street Journal, part of their editorial board. Her latest book is Resistance at All Costs. She's a Fox News contributor. Kim, always enjoy it. Thank you so much for taking some time with us today. Me too, guys. Thank you. Kimberly Strassel on The Guy Benson Show. We'll be right back after this break. That was this week's edition of the Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at FoxBusinessPodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.